What's going on, everyone? Welcome back. Today, we're going to be discussing the topic of what is the best draft spot to have in your 2021 fantasy football drafts. If you enjoy, hit that like button, subscribe, let us hear it in the comment section. Do you agree, disagree, along with any questions you guys might have, we'll do our best to answer them all. And lastly, check us out online at alldaypigskin.com. And while you're there, get yourself a copy of the 2021 ADP Fantasy Football Draft Guide. Details in the description. But with that being said, let's get into it. And as you can see, I've got a mock draft simulator pulled up here just so you can get an idea of, you know, the positioning, uh, the players that are typically available, and we'll use that as a basis. But before I begin, I already know what some people are probably going to say, and that's going to be, look, it doesn't matter what draft pick I have. That's why, you know, I do all these mock drafts. That's why I do this research so that I'm in a position to succeed no matter what. And I'll say, yeah, you know, I typically agree with that. That's true. But there's also something to be said. If you're in a situation where your league allows you to select your draft pick in the first round, then you can put yourself in an advantageous situation if you know which position precipitates the best possible roster, getting the most bang for your buck, avoiding reaches, things like that. And I'd say more and more leagues are doing this where they allow you to trade picks, to select picks. So hopefully from that perspective, it is helpful. Now, something else worth mentioning, obviously, to some extent, this will depend on the platform you're drafting on, how they have their rankings laid out. But for the most part, we're pretty close to September. I would, things, I would say things are pretty normalized right now. The other thing that we can't really factor in here is the size of your league. Look, if you're like in an eight-team league, chances are everybody's team is going to be great. If you're in a 16, 18-team league, then it's going to get that player pool depleted pretty quickly. So it's on the other side of the spectrum. For that reason, you know, we're going to focus on the typical draft setup, the typical league setup, uh, usually, you know, a 12 team type of league, maybe a 10 team league. I'm going to probably be talking more on a PPR basis, but I do believe this probably also holds for standard and for half point PPR, but I did just want to get that out of the way. But with that being said, let's quickly kind of, you know, discuss this in terms of where in the first round you can be selecting. And this is how I like to think of it. You can either select in the beginning, the middle, or the end. Simple enough, right? The beginning being probably the first two, three picks, the end, the final three picks, the middle, you know, if it's a 12-team league, like pick four, five, six, seven, somewhere around there, that range. And, you know, there's pros and cons to every single position. Obviously, if you're picking first overall, the nice thing is you are the first one to select and you get the hopefully best overall player unquestionably that's going to outproduce everybody usually that's Christian McCaffrey as you can see I mean pretty much across all formats he is the recommended you know top pick overall here held 92% of experts agree yeah it should be Christian McCaffrey tough to debate that uh, if you're picking towards the end the thing is you know you're going to wait a while probably some pretty good talent is going to be off the board but you're still going to have you know, upper echelon players. And the nice thing is you get back-to-back -back selections. So you don't have to wait long until you make your subsequent picks. And that can be really good if, you know, you think two very, very good players have kind of dropped and you're potentially scared that somebody could snipe you. You don't really have to worry about that. So that's the nice thing with having that final pick kind of uh, diminishes the amount of times you could potentially get sniped. And then in the middle, you know, it's pretty standard. You don't have to reach as much, which I do like. Uh, also, 
uh, you know, you'll still probably get pretty decent players, won't have to wait as much as somebody that's picking last overall, won't quite have as many elite players as you would if you're picking in the beginning of the draft, but you will have to worry more about getting sniped, things like that, but usually some better value towards the middle of the rounds. And that's the area I want to focus in on here in the middle of the first round, because look, coming out right away and saying it, I think being in the middle of the first round is probably the best case scenario this season. And it has to do, albeit a lot with the players that are available there. You know, if I felt differently about some of these players or where you can get them, my answer would differ. But the reason, you know, I'm going to give you this specific range, and I do think you have to talk about ranges here because it's tough to just say one specific pick. I'm going to say, you know, in the range of the third to fifth pick overall. And this is all predicated on one thing. We all assume Christian McCaffrey is the number one guy to select in drafts, right? I'd say that, you know, 99% of us probably agree on that when it's redraft purposes, especially PPR scoring. Well, when I look at that, I ask myself, what players have the best chance to duplicate a Christian McCaffrey type of season? And when I look at it, there's two players that continuously come to mind. One is Alvin Kamara. And you see him here, his ranking has gone up due to, you know, Michael Thomas's injury. So he's going to get more passing volume and potentially because, you know, Jameis Winston looking like he could be the number one quarterback for the Saints. So that means more high scoring upside. But, but he is still the number three guy behind Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook. But I would say he's got a better chance of getting close to McCaffrey than Dalvin Cook. And in terms of especially pass catching, you know, getting above 80 receptions, getting close to a thousand yards. But then there's also one more player. And you guys probably know who that is in terms of a guy that I've been hyping up for a while. It's Austin Eckler here, old Austin Eckler, who comes in at number seven overall. And some people might say, well, if it's Austin Eckler, why, you know, are you saying it's in this three to five range that it's the best, you know, kind of area to be selecting in? It's because first and foremost, I think Austin Eckler's undervalued. Like in PPR formats, no chance in hell I would have Austin Eckler behind Derrick Henry. I'd have him above Ezekiel Elliott and the running back position, more important than wide receivers. So I would have him about above Devontae Adams, which basically tells you I view Austin Eckler as a top four, top five running back. So now you start to see why I picked the range that I did. Again, you know, depending on how you feel about some of these players, totally fine if you disagree with this or you think a different range is, you know, more viable. I understand that, but I'm giving you my mindset here. And based on the research that I've done, the players that are most likely to precipitate that upper echelon running back that everybody is looking for in the first round. And then afterwards, afterwards, what happens after the first round? That's the key there. Because after, let's say, you get an Alvin Kamara and Austin Eckler, which you will absolutely be able to do in picks three, four, or five for Kamara, you know, probably you're going to need that third pick overall because, again, he's trending to a top three pick since McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook are 99.9% of the time the first two picks. But if a Derrick Henry sneaks in there, which, again, could happen ahead of Kamara, you've got a chance to draft him fourth overall. And I can almost guarantee you, if you're in that fourth spot, fifth spot, nobody's going to be drafting Austin Eckler in that range. So again, you're guaranteeing yourself a pretty good slot and still giving yourself an opportunity to potentially have Alvin Kamara. That's why I picked that slot. That's why I didn't want to go any later than, let's say, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth overall in terms of these picks. 
So with that being set in terms of why you want that range to begin with, let's look at why it's important to be in that range afterwards. Because once, you know, you hit the second, third, fourth, fifth round, that's where, you know, you start to make some tougher decisions. That's where, you know, the core of your roster is going to be built. And that's, that's really where you differentiate yourself from your league mates. And I mentioned it before, but the thing I personally really don't like about the, you know, the beginning of the first round, the end of the first round. So the first couple of picks and the last couple of picks is it really forces you to reach on players. So I'll give you this example. If you're picking uh, last overall, somebody's already drafted Travis Kelsey and you're like dead set on Darren Waller. You tell yourself, I really want Darren Waller. Well, he's not going to, he's usually not going to be there at the end of the third round for you. So like pick 36 overall, usually the guy is an end of the second round or early third round selection. So what does that mean? If you really want Darren Waller, you're going to have to reach and take him with the first pick in the second round. To me, that's a little bit too much. Like at that point in time, I'd much rather get a stud wide receiver or a stud running back that's fallen. I I don't want to be in a position where I have to reach on that position, you know, reaching on a player a couple spots, you know, five, six spots is okay. But when it comes to like, you know, 10 plus spots, that's where it gets a little bit problematic for me. And I really do think those positions put you in that type of situation, definitely more so than the middle of uh, any round. Because the great thing about being in the middle of a round is the fact that not only you don't have to reach as much, but you have a lot of different options. And usually, you know, you're not there hoping that one of those value picks that's kind of started to slide down the board makes it back to you. You've got a much better chance of landing the guy that started to fall than if you're picking towards the end of the round, because usually people are going to pick up on the fact that somebody's value is, is really good and they've fallen for one reason or another. And it just minimizes the chances that you get good value picks. So all those things coupled together really make me believe that being in that three to five range is the optimal situation. You're going to be able to get a stud running back in the second round. That's where you get great, great value on wide receivers. And you're going to be able to get a true number one wide receiver at that point in time. And again, if a great running back falls to you, you're in a great position to land one again. Then we get to the third round you're still in a really good position to get some leftover low-end wide receiver ones, RB1s, that wouldn't really be the case towards the end of that uh, portion in the third round. Then again, in the fourth round, basically it boils down to the fact that it's pretty balanced. One way or another, you're not going to have to reach. You're not going to have to worry about not getting a value pick to you. Uh, It optimizes everything in terms of getting the most bang for your buck, potentially getting the best value, not having to reach. Again, I continue to point that out. And for me, for that reason, that's why that's the area you want to target. Uh, You're still going to get an upper echelon running back in the first round, which is what the foundation is built on. But after that, the name of the game is getting best player available. And that's going to be the range that gives you the best chance to do so. So hopefully, you know, you guys can be in that situation and put together a pretty solid roster. Again, it's not like I'm saying that if you don't have this range, your team won't be successful. Uh, That's absolutely ludicrous. Nobody can predict how a draft will go. 
and nobody can predict how your league mates are going to be making their selections. So for that reason, you can pick last overall and still get a tremendous, tremendous team and win your league. And let's be honest, the draft is only a part of the fantasy football experience. You've got waiver wires, you've got trades, etc. So a lot goes into this formula. But when it comes to the draft itself and trying to put yourself in the best situation, I would try, you know, I'd be very happy if I was picking third, fourth, fifth overall, because I've got a chance to get a top tier running back talent. And then I'm not going to be in a situation where I have to reach as much as some other individuals might have to. And I'm going to be getting pretty good value. But hey, let me know if you agree, disagree um, in the comment section. I tried to keep this brief because again, uh, no need to get too uh, specific into it. It's going to be a situation whether you either agree or don't. Uh, If you enjoyed, hit that like button, subscribe. But in the meantime, we'll see you guys in future videos.